Hello, and welcome to the Decipher podcast. This podcast is hosted by William & Mary staff members who are committed to student success. Join experts from around campus as they discuss ways to decipher common college experiences. Hi, everyone, and welcome to our newest episode of the Decipher podcast. Today, uh, Lauren and I are joined by a dear friend and campus colleague, Ann Arsenault. So Lauren, do you want to talk a little bit about what Ann does on campus and, and why she's joining us today? I, hello, everyone. I will start with why she's joining us, and then I will let Ann talk a little bit about what she does. Um, but we work really closely in student transition engagement programs with Ann's Office of Responsibility. Um, which is Student Leadership Development, or SLD. Again, goes back to the, as we've talked about before, William & Mary loves its acronyms, loves them and their abbreviations. But STEP works very closely with SLD to help support students as they decide where and how they want to invest their time on campus. And so we thought Anne would be a great person to come in and join the podcast this series, um, especially around this idea of hazing. Um, it's come up in the news a whole lot. We get a lot of questions during orientation about how do we help students pick the quote right or best activities for themselves. And Anne really is our campus expert on that. So thanks for joining us, Anne. Great. It's exciting to be here. Um, as Lauren said, I'm Anne Arsenault. I work in our office of student leadership development, uh, positionally serve as our director in this office, and support our staff as we look to find places for involvement um, and opportunities to get connected around campus. And then primarily we're looking at involvement and leadership together. So we think the places where students are gonna get involved on campus is going to be the places where they're practicing leadership. And most of our opportunities to support students' leadership outcomes and leadership development experiences is coming through our 475 recognized student organizations at William & Mary. So there are a lot of different groups, a lot of different opportunities, um, and our office works to support students in those experiences. So Anne, when it comes down to helping students decide where and how they should spend their time, we go through the typical time balance, healthy, healthy sort of coping mechanisms of dealing with a student's first time managing their schedule. Um, and we always talk about the fact that students on average spend more time obviously in college or university settings outside of the academic classroom than inside, which is very different than the high school structure. Um, and so it sometimes leads to students feeling like they can do everything or a lot of things, maybe either because there's an excess of non-academic time or because um, they did and accumulated that bucket list during high school in order to get into college. What sort of guidance do we, does SLD give to students as they're sort of making the decision of how to proceed forward with their university experience? It's a great question. And I, I think it's different for every student. So there's no one right answer and the timing can be look a little different. The guidance that we give to people is to really center it around the experiences that we know that are the most involved and valuable through involvement. So lots of times people are looking at what, what they're curious about or what they're passionate about. Passionate is a pretty loaded word for me. I'm not sure every 
18 or 19 year old or even every 55 year old knows what they're passionate about. But I don't, I have no idea. (laughs) What are are you curious about? Like what gives you energy? What are the things that um, are, are spark your attention and your enthusiasm? And so that's one of the things we want people to look for. We, we know that where people find their people and find chances to connect is where they're going to feel belonging and feel community here at William & Mary. And that's probably one of the biggest reasons why people get involved is that what they're looking for is to find the people who share common interests with them. So as people are navigating all the options, and again, we have a lot of options spread throughout very different kinds of experiences. We always encourage people, if you're, if you're trying to narrow initially, what are paraprofessional interests that you are interested? Are you pre-law? Are you pre-health? Are you a history major? Like what are things that are connected to the academic focus that you're interested in? Finding clubs and organizations like that are a great way to begin. What's a current interest for you? What's something that already sort of um, brings you energy, restores you? you maybe you um, practice yoga or you like rock climbing or you play rugby or um, you are involved in chess or salsa dancing. There are all of these common interests or sport clubs that may be things you're already doing. So we want people to find things that already are the experiences that they have that they know bring them well-being, restoration, relaxation, fun, and are parts of community that they can connect with. And then the third one that we always encourage people to look for is um, what's something you can just do for fun? Like I have never scuba dived. Can I scuba dive? I don't know anything about smash, smash the game. Like what are things that will just bring you joy and that you don't have to be great at it? Like where's a place that you can get involved? You don't have to be the top performer in it. You want to learn more uh, about Japanese culture. So you're interested in joining the Japanese Cultural Association. Like there are different ways in which you can find experiences where you just get connected and learn something new and you're just there to sort of be involved, be engaged and have the experience. I will refer people like the resource to go look at is tribelink.wm.edu, which is our directory of recognized student organizations. And through TribeLink, you can just search on a keyword like I'm interested in groups about women or I'm interested in groups about performance. Any of those words will pop up all of the groups that either have um, that in their description or have it in their title. And it's a great way just to get a feel for some of the groups that are out here and some of the things that you could get involved in. And the other thing I'll add is that there's no magic number, right? Like people often are like, what's the right number? And I'm like, there's no magic number because not everything is created equal. The student who becomes, uh, you know, president of a fraternity or sorority or the vice president of a sports club that is traveling and competing, those are different experiences than being a member of a common interest group that meets every two weeks. So you really have to chart your own path around what the right number is for you. But we generally say like three to five is a good place to start. Anything more than that begins to look like a lot of things that are happening. So that's some of my general guidance around that. That's great. And I will put in a little plug that in the tribe guide checklist, one of the items that students can actually be working on over the course of the winter break is prepping and setting up their profile within TribeLink. Um, It's one of the things that I think is due in early January One, so students have time to explore all of the different options in terms of getting involved, Um, but also because it's usually um, in early January that we hear, 
you know, is there, is there clubs and organization fair? How do I get in contact with folks? And um, SLG does a great job of pulling together a mid-year student organization and activities fair that's embedded with an orientation and so having your tribe link account sort of set up with interests out allows just for a little bit more connectivity in anticipation of that event. So really grateful for um, partnership around those events to make sure that not just incoming students find connection, but our current students who maybe, you know, have explored or found new interests based off of academic coursework or paraprofessional interest shifting as well. So that's terrific. So I want to take a moment and circle back to an aspect of student engagement that we don't like to talk about, but we need to talk about on college and university campuses. And I'm proud of the fact that William & Mary has been talking about hazing for many years. Um, and Anne, I know your office and you professionally and personally have been involved in, in the concepts around an education around hazing prevention. Um, in the state of Virginia recently, um, the Commonwealth did um, pass some amendment and some amendments, excuse me, um, that require universities to do stronger education around hazing prevention. Um, and the the abbreviation or sort of the, the nomenclature that's used is Adam's Law. Um, and so I'm wondering, Anne, if you can talk to us a little bit about Adam's Law and what that means specifically for new students as they're trying to explore these new places and spaces. Sure. I'll even back up a little bit um, just to give some context. Pre-Adams Law, um, William & Mary has been, um, we participated in a national study back in 2008 that gave us really great data about um, rites of passage experiences, hazing behavior experiences on college campuses. This was a national study. And following that, we've had a hazing prevention coalition that has been working to create a place at William & Mary where no one has to be harmed or demeaned because they want to get involved in campus life. So we have been engaged around this topic for a while. And I um, I think sometimes, as Lauren sort of uh, alluded to, people hear hazing, it feels like a touchy topic. But here's what I'll say is like, People, young adults, and that's the the age that we're dealing with that are typically coming into college, seek rites of passage experiences in experiences that are meaningful for them. So you're seeking belonging, you want to be connected to a group, and you want to have, you want to earn your place in that group. That is a natural um, experience. And so when you have young adults, when you have rites of passages experiences, and when you have a desire to belong to something it's precursors to hazing behavior. Um, and that's why we experience it and see it in so many places um, across the nation, right? Like that's where it's showing up. The other piece of data we know is that nearly half of all students um, coming into college have experienced hazing behavior in high school environments. And so it's like, it's not like the first time you see it or experience it is when you get to college. What we know is that there's a lot of um, there's a lot of activity that's um, that there's a researcher out there who whose name is Dr. Emily Perlow. She calls it play, um, and I would call it shenanigans. There's a lot of tolerance for activity or um, behavior that most of us don't label as hazing, but has all the markers of hazing. And so that's what we're really trying to address and get at, at William and Mary. Is that you shouldn't be humiliated, degraded, or harmed because you want to get in. Um, in, involved in campus life. And generally there's like 
big agreement on um, on nobody should be harmed. But humiliation or degradation can often be in the eyes of the beholder. And what might not be humiliating to somebody can be very humiliating to somebody else. And so those are some of the behaviors that we have been looking at or trying to elevate or trying to explore and now have an opportunity to expand that message because of the implementation of Adam's Law, which went into effect in the Commonwealth of Virginia this past summer, um, named in honor of Adam Oaks, who was a student at Virginia Commonwealth University, um, died in a fraternity hazing incident, um, high-risk drinking, hazing behavior, not attended to, um, and died. And, and that's somebody who wanted to join something. And then at the end result of it, like that was not the outcome that should have happened for somebody who wanted to make a connection with other people, get involved. And I'm really thankful um, to the Oaks family for legislating and uh, for lobbying in a way that has led to the fact that now for Adams Law and our implementation at William & Mary, which we refer to as a home without hazing. So the way we refer to it at William & Mary is it's our home without hazing training programs. Um, we offer the opportunity um, that any student who is joining an organization where you, um, you join over here, I'm using my hands, you join over here and you initiate that you don't immediately have full membership status in the organization, that there is a period of time between joining and then becoming a full member, um, that those organizations um, are offered the opportunity, required and offered the opportunity to participate in a training. Um, all prospective members go through the training and all new members and all current members and advisors. And so it's really allowed us a robust opportunity to expand our um, information sharing around what behavior is, how to look out for it, how to help a friend, how to um, be actively engaged in bystander intervention if you see something um, that isn't right, how to attend to it. And then within a group for our current member training, how you can start to make steps to um, change or shift practices that may not be serving you, that something that you've done that had a good purpose, but you've fallen away from that purpose. What are, how are you reviewing and uh, refining the activities that are happening in your organization? Um, and hazing doesn't just happen in one organization, one type of organization. It's not just in varsity athletics or fraternities or sororities. And, you know, I mentioned these 475 organizations at William & Mary, it can it can cross contaminate like I did something in this group that then we are trying over in this group and groups that you would never think to have rites of passage experiences um, as groups suddenly have these traditions and these histories that as you're coming in um, can look a little like begin to look like hazing behavior. So the opportunity um, this year and ongoing because the law is requirements for training every year the opportunity to give more people the information, give more people the tools to recognize and address hazing behavior. Um, I'm really grateful to that and um, look forward to sort of sharing that message with new students coming in um, as, as it has really helped us elevate the work that we've been doing at William & Mary for a good long time, but it's given us a greater access to more people to share the information. And what I love is it just helps increase um, the conversation around university values. And that's as that's another podcast we've done <laughs> in previous seasons is just talking about where William and Mary stands in terms of belonging um, and flourishing and what elements need to be present in order for students and families um, to really sort of gain that William and Mary experience or be part of the William and Mary community um, in skill sets and in I mindsets. 
I mean, I really, that resonates for me because one of the simplest ways I've like heard people talk about hazing is that at the end of the day, it's really about human dignity, right? Like where are we valuing people? Where are we giving them? Like all the things that connect back to our values when we do those things, those are the things that offer people dignity in their experience. And anything that doesn't elevate that or celebrate our values um, is something that could be diminishing to an individual and um, their dignity and their worth and their sense of self and their sense of belonging to the community that they have come to be a part of. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Anne, this has just been terrific. Um, and I think Shelly and I have already agreed that we'll We'll be inviting you back for future podcasts. <laughs> Definitely. So you, haven't gotten, you haven't gotten off the hook. You did Excellent. Kind of I will look forward to it. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Anne, for sharing your 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 time with us today and, and um, talking to our incoming students and families about um, uh, what it means to be involved on campus and, and um, expectations they should have as uh, members joining our community. So thank you. Thank you.